الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Inshallah ta'ala Today we're going to start A four week series Of How to seek knowledge So after four weeks Inshallah ta'ala This question of I want to gain knowledge I want to Know the path To seek knowledge It will be answered for you Inshallah ta'ala the way that I plan to go through this is by 20 steps. These 20 steps, each and every one of them, is going to aid and support you into gaining knowledge. I hope, after these four weeks is over, no one of you, not any one of you is going to ask me what book should we study how should I study? What should I do? All of your questions, inshallah ta'ala, and more will be answered for you, inshallah. And how should I memorize? And what time should I memorize? And even what food can I eat if I want to memorize? All of those questions will be answered for you, inshallah ta'ala. The first point, inshallah ta'ala. Point number one. If you want to attain knowledge, and if you want to gain knowledge, the first thing that you need to do is clean and purify the place where knowledge is going to settle in. Where does knowledge settle in? The heart. The heart is a vessel. Clean it. Tathiru wi'a'ul ilmi purify and clean the vessel the place where knowledge is going to go in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that knowledge and the most important knowledge is what brothers the book of Allah right the Quran Allah tells us in the Quran that the Quran will settle in the heart look what he says وَإِنَّهُ لَتَنْزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ so Allah tells the Prophet ﷺ that the Qur'an is going to settle in your heart, Muhammad. Are we all together, brothers? Allah also says to the Prophet, لَا تُحَرِّكْ بِهِ لِسَانَكَ لِتَعْجَلَ بِهِ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنَ أَيْ جَمْعَهُ أَيْ فِي قَلْبِكَ Don't move your tongue, Muhammad, fast and try to read with Jibreel. Don't do that. Why? Leave it to us. We're going to compile the Quran in your heart. Allah says in another ayah, that the Quran is in the heart of the people of knowledge. Am I making sense, brothers? So knowledge, starting from the Quran, which is the first knowledge, is in the heart. This heart needs to be cleaned. You have to purify it. You have to cleanse it. What was the first surah that came down in the Quran, brothers? Remember the first verses that came down? Iqra, right? What was the next? 
was the second that came down? Surah Al-Mudathir, right? What did Allah say to the Prophet? Allah said to him, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ يَا يُلْمُدَّثِّرْ قُمْ فَأَنذِرْ وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ What does it mean, وَثِيَابَكَ Your thiyab, fatahir, cleanse it. There's three views in what is meant by وَثِيَابَكَ Three views. One is your clothing. ثِيَابَكَ أَيْ لِبَاسَكَ Your clothing purifies. The second view is وَثِيَابَكَ أي قلبك قلبك فطهر your heart and the third view is your actions purifies so which one are we going to take for now which is the one that concerns us now your your heart that's one of the aqwal and one of the views that the scholars said is meant by وثيابك فطهر because the Arabs use, use for the word thiyab they use it as what the Arabs use the word thiyab as your qalb. ولذلك Imr Uqais, from one of the Arab poets, he said, وَإِن تَكُ قَدْ أَسَاءَتْ مِنِّي خَلِيقَةٌ فَصُلِّي ثِيَابِي مِثِيَابِكِ What does he mean thiyabi? He means a qalbi min qalbika, your heart. So the Arabs do use the word thiyab as heart. Are we all together, brothers? So based on that verse, it means Muhammad. Now that you're going to be a prophet of Allah, now that you're going to convey a message, now that you're going to be given the Quran, clean your heart. Are we all together, brothers? So the first thing a person who wants to embark, who wants to take the path of gaining knowledge, the first thing that they need to do is what? Clean their heart and purify their heart. Now the question is, what is it that you need to clean from your heart? Two things. There are two illnesses that the heart suffers from. That you need to clean from your heart. The first one is taharatuhu min najasati shubuhat. You have to clean from your heart doubt. Doubt is an illness that the heart suffers from. You need to clean your heart from that. وَلِذَلِكَ The scholars they say شُبْهَ is a بَرْزَخٌ بَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ أَمَ بَيْنَ الْحَقِّ وَالْبَاطِلِ That shubha, doubt, is a path between the truth and falsehood. Why is it a path between truth and falsehood? Because it looks like the truth from the outer, but internally it's what? It's falsehood. So it's a stage in between. Outwardly, it looks like the truth. But inwardly, it, what is it? It's falsehood. So it's a station between the two. So you stay away from doubts. What are the things that are doubts? The things that are doubts are disbelief and innovation. Disbelief and innovation are doubts that the heart suffers from. You need to purify your heart from that. So if somebody asks you what is shubha, kufr is shubha. And bid'ah is a what? It's a shubha. Those two is shubha. Second one is what? Shahwa, desires. Shahwa is two. 
الكبائر and the صغائر major doubts uh, major shahwa is desires major and minor there are minor shahwa and there is major shahwa those are the two illnesses that a person needs to protect his heart from what are they brothers shubha which is doubt and the second one is what shahwa ولذلك الله سيزن القرآن سأصرف عن آياتي الذين يتكبرون يتكبرون في الأرض بغير الحق الله سيزن سأصرف I will divert pay attention to this verse الله سبحانه وتعالى he says سأصرف عن آياتي I will divert my verses from who from those who are arrogant why because they have an illness in their heart. Their hearts are not clean. Ayati here means the knowledge, the Quran, everything was diverted from them. Are we all together, brothers? So sometimes the person is unable to gain knowledge because of a filthy heart that they have. Sahal ibn Abdullah Tustari, what did he say? Haramun ala qalbin an nur. It's haram. It's prohibited. It's impossible that it would happen. That the light of knowledge will enter a heart when there is in there something Allah does not like. Can you pour into a cup that's full? Can you pour something into it? Huh? If a cup is full, can you pour something into it? What do you first have to do? If you want to pour something into a cup, what is the first thing that you need to do? Empty. You need to what? Empty the cup right first. And then you can pour what you want into it. Then the shubha and the shahwa, the doubt and the desires, if they're in your heart, this is preoccupying and it's blocking off the light of the religion to enter your heart. Does that make sense to everybody? Huh? Shahwa and Shubha. I'm going to give you a story of both, inshallah ta'ala. The first one is Shahwa. Waki' ibn Jarrah al Ru'asi. He was the teacher of who? Al-Imam al-Shafi'i. His name is Waqi' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'azi. He was the teacher of Al-Imam al-Shafi'i. Shafi'i came to him and he said to him, Shakawtu ila Waqi'in bisu'i hifdi fa'arshadani ila tarqi al-ma'asi. Waqala inna al-ilma nurun wa nurullahi la yuhda li'asim. He said the same. He said, Shakawtu, I complained. Shafi'i, his memorization reduced. And his studying reduced. And Imam Shafi'i, Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i. So when he realized that his capability and his has reduced, it's not like as it used to be. It's not like it once was before. He went to his teacher and he complained. He said, my memorization and my studying has changed. I am not like I used to be. And the first advice he told him was what? Stay away from what? 
Stay away from sins. Shahwa. You want knowledge? Stay away from Shahwa. The second story is Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala's time. There was a man by the name of Nafi' al-Azraq. Nafi' al-Azraq was from the Khawarij of his time. Khawarij is a deviated sect. Abdullah ibn Abbas was a noble companion and he used to teach the other com- the, the, his students. Ba'us ibn Kaysan and Sa'id ibn Jubair and Abu Aliyat al-Rayahi and Mujahid ibn Jabrin and others. They would study with Ibn Abbas. They would take knowledge from him. And people used to come to Ibn Abbas from all over the world. Like Nafi' al-Azraq, never. He used to come to Ibn Abbas and cause stress, ask questions which were nonsense, just to catch up Ibn Abbas. So Ibn Abbas can do a mistake. وَلِذَلِكَ Al-Imam al-Dahabiyyu mentioned one of the things that prevented Nafi' from benefiting from Ibn Abbas was the shubha that was in his heart. Imagine Ibn Abbas, you can take knowledge from him. He will teach you the book of Allah. He will teach you the Quran, he will teach you the sunnah. What's stopping you is a belief that you have. Shubha. So it prevents a person from benefiting and gaining knowledge. Are we all together? وَلِذَلِكَ the person needs to clean his heart from shubha and ash-shahwa. That's the first point, inshaAllah ta'ala. Before I move on, has everybody understood this? Has everyone understood this point, first point? Is there anyone who hasn't understood? I now want to mention a very important point. Before I move on to the next one. Which is, the illnesses of the heart is a very big topic. And to cure it, scholars have written so many books about it. But there's something I want you to keep in mind all the time. The cleaning of the heart is one of the trickiest things. The reason why, sometimes you may cure your heart and clean it, and you think it's good. But it's like cancer. It seems to, to you or the people that you've cleaned your heart and everything is good. But then, a time of trials and tribulations, your heart comes out with astonishment and amazement. وَلِذَلِكَ Ibn al-Qayyim says, وَحْذَرْ كَمَائِنَ نَفْسِكَ اللَّاتِ مَتَى خَرَجَتْ خُسِرْتَ كَسْرَ مُهَانِ وَحْذَرْ Be cautious, vigilant from the hidden defect of your heart. There's a hidden defect. And you know when it will come out? It will come out at a time when you are not expecting it. So you always have to work on nurturing and working on your heart and purifying it and cleaning it because you never know when it can turn out on you when it can flip on you وَلِذَلِكَ you all know the famous hadith of the Prophet وَإِنَّ حَدَكُمْ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهَا إِلَّا ذِرَاعَ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابَ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَيَدْخُلُهَا وَإِنَّ حَدَكُمْ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهَا إِلَّا ذِرَاعَ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابَ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ فَيَدْخُلُهَا صح أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام that this person all his life 
He was working in the actions of a righteous person, but just before he's about to die, he turns on his heel and he dies in a state of disbelief. Why? Another narration mentions the reason why is because he was good that which seemed apparent to the people. His goodness was outwardly only. And he wasn't really good inside. And this is why we always have to be vigilant of giving too much concern to our outward appearance when we're actually ill from within inside. The second point now, inshaAllah ta'ala, the second thing that will help you gain knowledge or allow you to attain knowledge. But before I move on, has everyone understood? Is everyone with me? Does anyone have any questions for the, for the first point? Fadal. As in major? So the major is too much. Killing somebody is a major, for example. Lying is a major, for example. All of these are what? Zina, for example. All these are what? They are major. Major sins. And minor sins are what? Does anyone have any? Does anyone know any minor sins? Huh? Huh? Arriya. Showing off. Is showing off minor shirk or minor sin? It's minor shirk, huh? Is minor shirk bigger than major sin? Bigger than major sin. What's the difference between... So what is the example for minor sin? Yeah? Leaving the Salatul Jama'ah based on the opinion that does not believe it's obligatory. He believes that the Jama'ah is obligatory. That for you it's what? It's a major sin. Fadal Sheikh Muhammad. Ha, looking at that which is looking at somebody a woman is what? a minor Al-ma'qadisani, the second point inshallah ta'ala the second thing that's going to help you inshallah ta'ala is ikhlasun niyati fihi having a sincere intention to seek knowledge the second thing is if you want to gain knowledge if you want to be a person of knowledge, you have to be sincere. have to have ikhlas. What does ikhlas mean? As the poet said, ikhlasuna lillahi saffil qalba min iradatin siwahu fahdhar ya fatin. Ikhlas means saffil qalba. Purify from your heart any other motive, any other intent. In your heart, there's no one else inside it. Ikhlasuna lillahi saffil qalba. Clean from your heart any other individual. There's no one. Only Allah. Are we all together? If you want to gain knowledge, you have to come with these characteristics of sincerity. Ikhlas. It has to be only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. وَلِذَلِكَ when Allah sees from you that you are sincerely doing it for His sake, He will give you the knowledge that you're looking for. 
He will give it to you subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if your heart has other intent behind it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will block you and prevent you from this golden opportunity. One of the benefits that I read from Al-Imam Al-Tufi rahimahullah is that the way Allah chooses the prophets, He chooses the people of knowledge. Prophets are chosen. Allah says in the Quran, Allah knows where He's going to place His message. And who is He going to make a prophet? He knows. The same way Allah chooses who He's going to allow to gain knowledge. Not everybody's given that, char- that privilege of being from the people of knowledge. Right? They're chosen. But when will Allah choose you? When He sees in you sincerity, your mukhlis. وَلِذَلِكَ Allah says in the Quran وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ That they were, com- every one of us were commanded that when we're worshipping Allah that we what? That we only do it for His sake. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِذَلِكَ أَحْمَدْ إِبْنُ مُحَمَّدْ إِبْنُ حَمْبَلْ إِمَامُ أَحْمَدْ إِبْنُ حَمْبَلْ Somebody mentioned in his gathering the sincerity of the scholars that came before him. And Imam Ahmed, in his gathering, they told him about Sufyan al-Thawri, Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, al-Awza'i, and how they were, and how sincere they were. And look what he said after that. He said, بِهَاذَرْ تَفْعَ الْقَوْمِ بِهَاذَرْ تَفْعَ الْقَوْمِ Based on this sincerity and ikhlas, is why Awza'i reached where he reached. And Abdullah ibn Mubarak, and Sa'id ibn uh, Sufyan al-Thawri, and Sufyan ibn Uyayna, and Hamad ibn Zaydan, and Hamad ibn Salama. These people, they reached where they reached because of their sincerity. وَلِذَلِكَ some of the scholars, like Al-Imam al-Dhahabi, and Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, and Tabaqat al-Hanabila, and Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah in his kitab Madarij al-Salikin, they mentioned that Abu Bakr did not pass all of the other companions except of sincerity. He was more sincere. And because his heart was more stronger than all of them. Are we all together? Something in Abu Bakr's heart that weighed more than the rest. Pay attention to this point. Iblis, when he said to Allah that I'm going to misguide everybody, who were the only people he said, I can't misguide. And he said that these are the only ones I cannot do anything to. He said, Qala Rabbi fa'andirni ila yawmi yub'atun. Oh Allah, allow me to live until the day of judgment. But what did he say before that? He said, لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Every single one of them I'm going to misguide them. إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ Except for the slaves who are sincere. Those ones... I cannot do anything to them. Because that is what's going to strengthen them. You know the story of Nabilah Yusuf. And when the woman presented herself to Nabilah Yusuf, and Yusuf turned her down. What did Allah say in the ayah? كَذَلِكَ لِنَصْرِفَ عَنْهُ السُّوءَ وَالْفَحْشَاءَ إِنَّهُ إِنَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا الْمُخْلَصِينَ the reason is because Yusuf was from the sincere slaves of Allah. So sincerity will what? It will get you far. 
When other people stop seeking knowledge, you won't because you did it for the sake of Allah in the first place. But here the question is, what do you mean to have sincerity in seeking knowledge? It means that you're seeking knowledge for four things. Your intention in why you want to gain knowledge is for four things. And there's a line of poetry that a scholar summarized it in. He said, فَالْتَقْصِدُ أَرْبَعَةً قَبْلَ ابْتِدَى تَعَلَّمْ لِكَيْ تَفُوزَ بِالْهُدَى أَوَّلُهَا الْخُرُوجُ مِنْ ضَلَالِ وَالثَّانِي نَفْعُ خَلْقِ ذِي الْجَلَالِ وَثَالِثُ الْإِحْيَاءِ لِلْعُلُومِ وَالْرَابِعُ الْعَمَلِ لِلْمَعْلُومِ The first reason why you gain knowledge, the first, is أَوَّلُهَا الْخُرُوجُ مِنْ ضَلَالِ You want to exit misguidance. You do not want to be misguided. You want to be on the right path. The first reason why you're gaining knowledge is to take yourself out of misguidance. It is to be upon the right path. The way that is pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal. The second reason why you're trying to gain knowledge and your reason behind it is you want to benefit your community. You want, to ha- you want to benefit your household, your neighbors, your community, the people you're from. وَالثَّانِي نَفْعُ خَلْقِ ذِي الْجَلَالِ Second reason is to benefit the community. The third one is, or the fir- third reason why is, الْإِحْيَاءِ لِلْعُلُومِ You want to revive this science. Some knowledge has not been studied and the people have abandoned it and so you're going to give it life again by studying it some people have chosen not to study it because they're too bored or they're unable to they haven't got the ability so you're learning it so you want to bring it back again and revive it again and last but not least is is you want to implement this knowledge. You want to what? You want to implement this knowledge. So that's the reason why you're learning it. Let's repeat it one more time. The first reason why a person should attain knowledge is You do not want to be misguided. You're doing it for yourself. Who are you doing it for? Who are you learning for, brothers? Are you reading ayah and saying, Allahu Akbar, this ayah applies on my friend? Is that how it works? Wallahi, this hadith applies on so and so. Yeah? Hmm? No. The first person that you think of when you read an ayah or a hadith is who? Yeah? You think of yourself. Where do I stand regarding this hadith and where do I stand regarding this ayah, right? Second one is to benefit the community. Your family, your wife, your children. This is, you want to benefit the people you're from. You learned a mas'ala today. You learned a religious issue today. You run home and you tell your family about it. Number three is You want to give life to this science. It's kind of weird out. Who now studies? Who studies sarf, for example? Morphology. Yeah? 
Who would want to sit down and study sarfah? لِفَعْلَ الْفِعْلُ ذِي التَّدْرِيدِ أو فَعُلَ يَأْتِي وَمَقْصُورَ عَيْنٍ أو عَلَى فَعَلَ وَبَمَّ مِنْ فَعُلَ الْجَمْتِ الْمُضَارِعِ وَتَحْمَوْضِعَ الْكَسْرِ فِي الْمَبْنِي مِنْ فَعُلَ Who wants to study فَعِلَ فَعُلَ فَعَلَ So the person is giving life back to this. Who wants to study inheritance? Yeah? So what you, you're doing is that you can see the science is not studied anymore. And if it's not, it's going to go. So you're giving life to it again. And the fourth one is what, brothers? You need to implement this knowledge. Walidarika, the scholars, they used to say, money, when you get it, what do you have to do with it? When your money reaches the amount and a one-year cycle goes by, what do you have to do with that money? You have to what? You have to pay the zakat from it, right? So there's a zakat that you have to pay from what? From what? From the money that you have. There's also a zakat that you need to pay from the knowledge that you gain. Are we all together, brothers? There's zakat that you have to pay from. Um, the Salaf they used to say, Rahimahumullah, about the issue of sincerity. And this applies on the issue of what about if a person had a bad intention in seeking knowledge in the beginning? At the beginning, my intention was not good. I came in with a bad intention. Should I stop seeking knowledge? We'll say to you, no, 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 carry on. As time goes on, inshallah ta'ala, and you rectifying and working on your intentions, inshallah ta'ala, you will get somewhere. Walidalika, the intention is not like you work on it one time and you don't have to work on it again. Rather, in one sit, in one sit, in one gathering, you might have to renew your intentions so many times. Are we all together? And it's a consistent battle. That's why the Salaf, they used to say, we went to seek knowledge for other than Allah's sake, but knowledge stopped us from it. The third, inshallah ta'ala, point. The third thing that will allow you to gain knowledge. It is nafsi alayhi. It is to bring it is to bring, bring together your aspiration in gaining knowledge. You have to gather your aspiration. You have to bring it together. What does that actually mean? Gather your aspiration. What does it mean? Bring your aspiration together. It means that you come with three things. It means that you come with three things. Number one, الحرص على ما ينفع Come or strive to that which benefits you. Strive Strive With that which will benefit you Striving to that which is going to benefit you Number two Asking Allah Azza wa Jalla for help Al-isti'anatu billahi Azza wa Jalla fi tahsilihi Asking Allah Azza wa Jalla in attaining knowledge 
Number three, Adamul Ajzi, do not give up and Bulugil Bugyati Minhu. Do not give up until you gain knowledge. That is what I mean or is meant by bringing your aspiration together. It means you strive. You don't take no for an answer. Ibn Taymiyyah was born nine months. So are you. Allah said in the Quran, Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum la ta'alamuna shay'a. Allah brought you out of the womb of your mother. You didn't know nothing when you came out of the womb of your mother. Nor did Ibn Taymiyyah, nor did Sufyan al-Thawri, nor did Awza'i and others. And they did it. What's stopping you? Because you don't want to strive. They strived. No one had a head start. Everyone came out with no knowledge. But they came with the first thing which is Al-Hirsu ala ma yanfa' They strived to that which was beneficial for them. The second thing is asking Allah for help. Oh Allah help me. And begging Allah tabarak wa ta'ala for aid. Walidharika the poet he said إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ عَوْنٌ If there is no aid or support مِنَ اللَّهِ لِلْفَتَى If Allah does not help you or aid you فَأَوَّلُ بَيَجْنِهِ The first thing that's going to drag you and make you go astray is your own hard work. We can't do anything without Allah's help. It's Allah we need. The third one is do not give up. These three are mentioned in one hadith of the Prophet. The Prophet said it. And anybody who wants to study the concept of personal development, here it is. Anything in your life you want to achieve, these are the three fundamental issues that you need to know about it. And Nabi Muhammad told you anything you want to attain success in. These three is what you need. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk wasta'in billahi wa la ta'ajaz. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Strive to that which will benefit you. Wasta'in billahi. Seek help from Allah Azza wa Jalla. Don't depend on your hard work and your sweat. Wa la ta'ajaz and don't give up. If you come with these three, you will truly gain knowledge. And this is how the pious predecessors were. They never gave up. They did not what? They didn't give up. They strove. They relied on Allah and they never ever gave up. Let's take some stories inshallah ta'ala. A story for example is Al-Imam Abi Abdullah Ahmad ibn Hanbal. You all know Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal? Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, the Habiyu said, فأبو عبد الله أحمد بن حنبل كان وهو في الصبا الإمام أحمد when he was a child young boy ربما أراد الخروج قبل الفجر أحمد بن حنبل might want to leave in the morning for fajr إلى حلق الشيوخ أحمد بن حنبل is a young boy he wants to leave صلاة الفجر in the morning so he can go to the circles of knowledge He's a young boy. فَتَأْخُذُهُ أُمُّهُ His mother will grab him. 
And she'll grab him bithyabi by his garment. وَتَقُولُ رَحْمَةً بِهِ She'll say to him out of mercy. حَتَّى يُؤَذِّنَ النَّاسِ Until the adhan is done. Or يُصْبِحُ Or until it's daytime. Don't leave. Wait. Don't go anywhere. Because she's worried for him. But he's a young boy. He doesn't want to. He still wants to go to the halak, halak, the circles of knowledge and gain. This is what? Based on his striving and his hard work and his efforts. Al-Imam Khatib al-Baghdadi was a great scholar. He read Sahih al-Bukhari on his teacher Ismail al-Hiri. Pay attention to this story. Sahih al-Bukhari. Some of us haven't even read 40 hadith by Imam Nawi. Sah brothers. Sahih al-Bukhari. Written by Imam al-Bukhari. Volumes. Khatib al-Baghdadi, you read it on his teacher. He read Sahih al-Bukhari from the first hadith to the last hadith. He read it on his teacher, Ismail al-Hiri, fi thalathati majalis. Fi thalathati majalis. He read it in three sits. In three sits. How were they? Isnani minha fi laylatayni. Two times was in one night. And this was from what? Maghrib ila al-fajr. Are we all together, brothers? And the third time was min dahwatin nahari. Daytime until Maghrib and then Maghrib ila al-fajr. Are we all together, brothers? He did it in that three sits. And he finished what? The recitation of what? Sahih al-Bukhari, all of it, kamil. This shows you what? Their eagerness. Imam al-Dahabi, when he mentioned the story, he said, وَهَذَا شَيْءٌ لَا أَعْلَمُ أَحَدًا فِي زَمَانِنَا يَسْتَطِعُهُ And Imam al-Dahabi, he said, this action of Khatib al-Baghdadi, to read Sahih al-Bukhari in three different sits. Billahi alaykum brothers, from Fajr to, from Maghrib, sorry, to Fajr, can you sit? And not move from your position. Only for salah. So Imam Dhabi, who is Imam Dhabi, said, I don't know anyone who can do this. I do not know anyone who can do this. Abu, another third story. Abu al-Wafa ibn Aqil. Abu al-Wafa ibn Aqil. He was Ahadu Azkiya'i Fuqaha'i al-Hanabila. He's from one of the great scholars of the fiqh, the Hanbali Madhab. They said he reached 90 years of age. 90. And he read this line of poetry. Look what he said, brothers. And focus here. He said, مَا شَابَ عَزْمِي وَلَا حَزْمِي وَلَا خُلُقِي He said, My intentions has not aged. And he's trying, he's an old man, he's 90. He's saying to them, my intentions, azmi, it hasn't aged. Wala hazmi, my decision that I've made is still like when I was a young man. It hasn't aged. Wala khuluqi, my manners hasn't aged, meaning I haven't become grumpy. I'm like when I was young, the way I had my manners, I'm still the same. Wala walai, my love and allegiance hasn't aged. Wala dini, my religion hasn't aged. I become weak. No. 
Wala karami, my generosity hasn't aged. I'm still as generous as I was when I was young. So what happened? Shari. Only thing that changes my beard and my hair color. It changed. It's not the color it was when I was young. And the age that goes into your beard and into your hair is not the age that goes into your aspiration. Some people, they become old from their aspiration and they're still young. And some people are very old, but their aspiration in seeking knowledge is still young. They're very enthusiastic, energetic about it. So what he said was, Don't get it confused. Only my beard and my hair has become white, but not my aspiration. And that's what we have to understand, brothers. Don't give up. In achieving what you want to achieve. And we'll see that more inshallah ta'ala. Has everybody understood that point? Number four. What's the time? The fourth one inshallah ta'ala. صرف الهمة فيه إلى إلى علم القرآن والسنة. Diverting your aspiration towards knowing the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah. Exert your efforts and your hard work in what? In knowing the Quran and the Sunnah. If a person is learning the Prophet's Seerah, why are you learning the Seerah for? The Seerah is a means to know the what? The Sunnah. Why are you learning the Arabic language? The Arabic language is a means to know the Quran and the Sunnah. So everything, the ultimate goal is what? What is the ultimate goal? To know the what? It's to know the Quran and the... ولذلك الإمام الشافعي ودري say he said, Ta'alamtul. He said, Ta'alamtul fiqha. Al Imam Shafi'i, he said, I learned fiqh li'akhdum al Qur'an wa sunnah. The reason why I learned fiqh is so I can serve the Qur'an and the, the sunnah. That's my reason. The reason why I learned fiqh is so I can understand the Qur'an and the sunnah and I can serve it properly. So some people, what they do is they're studying instrumental knowledge the knowledge is two types brothers there's ilm which is called instrumental knowledge it's called ilmu ala instrumental knowledge and there's one called objective knowledge it's the ultimate it's the maqasid it's the objective are we all together brothers what are the instrumental knowledge usul al-fiqh mustalah al-hadith arabic language etc Mustalah hadith is the science of the hadith. Usul al-fiqh. Arabic grammar. History. All of these are instrumental knowledge. What's the ultimate goal? The Quran and the Sunnah. So when you're studying, you know this. Don't spend 50 years learning the Arabic language, but then guess what? You can't explain even a verse in the Quran. 
or you're learning usul al-fiqh for so many years, but you don't even understand the hadith that's brought to you. You need to know that the goal behind learning the religion is what? The Quran and the Sunnah. To understand the book of Allah. And it's to understand the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Al-ilmu, knowledge, was a dot. It used to be a dot. Just one dot. I mean, it was very little. It was simple. But then the ignorant people came and they put so much dots there. And so now it's too many issues you have to discuss. But the scholars, they say, If the one that doesn't know was to be silent, he just went quiet and he didn't speak. The dispute and the argumentation would be very little. There won't be much disputes. The reason why disputes came is because those who don't know spoke when they shouldn't have spoken. So what do you exert your effort in learning the Quran and the, the Sunnah? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, everybody write this down, this is a very important statement. Important that you memorize this. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said this, Man arad al-ilma, anyone who wants knowledge, فَلْيُثَوِّرِ الْقُرْآنَ Anyone who wants knowledge, then let them research into the Quran. فَإِنَّ فِيهِ Because in the Quran is عِلْمُ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ The knowledge of the early generation and those to come. Do you want knowledge? مَنْ أَرَادَ الْعِلْمَ Anyone who wants knowledge فَلْيُثَوِّرُ الْقُرْآنَ Let them look into, let them study and research in the book of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Why? فَإِنَّ فِيهِ عِلْمُ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ Because the early generation and the ones to come, all of their stories and their realities in the Qur'an. All of the knowledge is there. That's what knowledge lies. Ibn al-Qayyim says in his kitab al-Fawaid, write this down, it's also vital as well. Ibn al-Qayyim says in his kitab al-Fawaid, he says, طَلَبُ عِلْمِ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَالْفَهْمُ عَنِ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ نَفْسَ الْمُرَادِ وَعِلْمِ حُدُودِ الْمُنَزَّلِ Ibn al-Qayyim says, The greatest aspiration of a student of knowledge should be The greatest aspiration of a student of knowledge أَعْلَى الْهِمَمِ فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ the greatest, the highest aspiration of a student of knowledge is to seek the knowledge of the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to understand it and to understand what Allah is saying and that which the messenger is saying in the way that they intended it. In the way that they intended it. When Allah said what He said, there was an intent behind why He meant it like this. And the Prophet ﷺ. Let me repeat that one more time. Ibn al-Qayyim says that the highest aspiration of a student of knowledge is what? 
Talabu ilmi al-kitabi, it is to seek the knowledge of the Qur'an and the knowledge of the Sunnah and to understand them both in the way Allah and His Messenger intended. That's the greatest aspiration a student of knowledge should have. Let's add the fifth one, inshaAllah ta'ala. And today we've taken five, bi-idhnillahi al-kareem. The fifth one is Suluk al Taking the correct methodology into attaining knowledge. To take the correct methodology to attain knowledge. Many people, so the fifth one is Suluk al to take the path the correct path in t- attaining knowledge. Take the right path. A lot of people today will come up to you and they say, I want to seek knowledge, man. I'm here. I want to gain knowledge. They've understood the value of seeking knowledge. True or false? But they don't know the way. And this is very important. Walidalika, you will see somebody seeking knowledge for five years and he's come back with nothing. As the Arabs say, Raja'a bi khufay hunayn. He's come back with nothing. Nothing substantial. What was the problem? He took a path which he, he shouldn't have taken. And he got tired. If Shariqa is here, and somebody tells you, oh, it's this direction. And you keep driving, you drive, you drive, drive, drive. It's two days. Yeah. Would you not get tired? You get tired because you're going the opposite direction of where the direction or, or the destination that you're, you're looking for, right? Walidarika, write this statement down. This is gold. This statement is gold. Ibn Qayyim said this. This statement is gold. Zahab. And he's speaking about the reason why a person cannot gain knowledge. He said, Al-jahlu bit-tariqi Ignorance of the path The person doesn't know the path He doesn't know the methodology Tariqatil musilati ilayh The path that can take him to knowledge He doesn't know it Al-jahlu bihe Al-jahlu bit-tariqi Ignorance of the path One Second thing is Ignorance Of the obstacles That are going to be there when he gets there Wa-afatiha being ignorant of the obstacles that you're going to face when you get there. So one, he doesn't even know the path. Second thing, he doesn't even know the obstacles that are going to come. Because if you know the obstacles, what are you going to take? You're going to take the right gear. If you have two cars, you have a four by four, and you have a little, huh? a little car. But you think you're going to be driving on a nice road, but you end up being told, oh, it's the desert. Have you taken the wrong car for it? Yeah, brothers. The person knows the way. But the problem is he doesn't know the obstacles, the things that he's going to face. The second thing. The third one is al-maqsoodi minha. The objectives of knowledge. He doesn't know the objectives. 
Why are you seeking knowledge for? What's the reason behind it? The, fir- the third one I already told you before. Which, where did we take that? In the ikhlas. When I mentioned that for those are the four objectives of why you're trying to gain knowledge. You keep that and you keep remembering that all the time. Are we all together, brothers? As for the obstacles that you're going to face, are we all together, brothers? The obstacles that you're going to face when you're seeking knowledge, on YouTube I made a series called Stresses for Student of Knowledge. If you guys, inshallah ta'ala, want, I can send you the PDF. There's a PDF that some of the students transcribed from my video. It is 20 obstacles that will come your way when you're seeking knowledge. You remember those. How many are they? 20. These are, gonna, these are 20 things that are going to stress you. Marriage, money, all the issues that you guys will think of. These are the afatiha, the obstacles that will get between you and seeking knowledge. In that PDF, I've mentioned... The obstacle and the cure. I didn't just mention the problem. What did I mention with it? The way that you can overcome this obstacle. Here we're not going to speak about the obstacle. We're just going to speak about the path of gaining knowledge. So you're not ignorant of the path. Are we all together? How many things did Ibn Al-Qayyim mention? Three. What was the first one? Ignorance of the path. What was the second one? Ignorance of the the obstacles that will come your way. And where did I mention that you can get this from? Inshallah, a PDF I promise to give to you all, inshallah ta'ala, I'll send it to, to you after the after the class, inshallah. And I advise you to read it. The third one that I mentioned was what? The objectives, right? Where did I mention the objectives? How many were the objectives? Four, and I just mentioned it when I was speaking about ikhlas. Are we all on the same page? Yeah. Are we all on the same page? Why do I feel like I'm speaking to myself? So these are the four. Now let's go back to the first one, which is al-jahlu bil-tariqi, ignorance of the path. The path to attain knowledge is two things. The path is two. If you don't know, then you're not going to take the correct path. It is al-hifzu. Wal-fahmu. Memorization and understanding. What is it, brothers? Memorization and what? Understanding. Those, that's the path. Your right hand and your left hand. You have to memorize. And what do you have to do? Yeah? You have to understand. Very good. How do you do it? How do you memorize and how do you what? I mean, what do you memorize and how do you understand it? Both of those two is done by a teacher. Both of those. What you're going to memorize and the understanding, you need a teacher for this. What do you need? A teacher. And that teacher has to have two qualities. That teacher has to have what? Two qualities. Number one, he 
he has knowledge. Al-ahliyyatu fil ilm. He's a person who's got knowledge. He can't be hatibu layl. A person who doesn't know what he's talking about. That's the first characteristics he has to have. The second characteristics is he is a sincere advisor. He's not a person who has he wants, to take, he, makes, he wants to make money from you. So you want dunya, that's it. He's a sincere person. He's, he's got nusr, sincere to you. He'll tell you what it is. Some teachers, they have a hidden motive behind it. They want to make money out of this person. Or they won't tell you the way you should do it because they're scared that you might beat them or whatnot. He has to have nasiha. Let's repeat that one more time. The path to gain knowledge is how much, brothers? Is what? Al-Hivru wal-Fahmu. You have to memorize. The second one is you have to understand. Comprehension. Are we all together, brothers? وَلِذَلِكَ Muhammad ibn Murtaba al-Zabidi in his kitab Al-Fiyatu al-Sanad He said فَمَا حَوَ الْغَايَاتُ فِي أَلْفِ السَّنَةِ شَخْصٌ فَخُذْ مِنْ كُلِّ فَنٍ أَحْسَنَ بحفظ متن جامع للراجح تأخذه على مفيد الناصح No one's gonna spend the rest of their life to live and knowledge is too big. So what did he say to you? He says to you do two things. Memorize and understand what you're memorizing. Are we all together brothers? Let me stand over the first point which is memorization. Let me stand at the, over that. We're going we're gonna to speak about it in more details. What books to memorize and what not. Don't worry. But we have to speak a bit about here the issue of memorization. If you want to memorize a book, it has to have two qualities. If you're memorizing, what does it have to have? It has to have two qualities. It has to be a book that the scholars memorize. Don't memorize it. A new book came out and it's good and everybody... Well, I'm just going to memorize this book. No. For example, in the Arabic language, the la- one of the last books that you study grammar is who? Is Al-Fiyat ibn Malik. Al-Fiyat ibn Malik is a thousand lines in what? In grammar. قَالَ مُحَمَّدٌ هُوَ بْنُ مَالِكِ أَحْمَدُ رَبِّ اللَّهَ خَيْرَ مَالِكِ مُصَلِّيًا عَلَى النَّبِيِّ الْمُصْطَفَى وَآلِهِ الْمُسْتَكْمِلِينَ الشَّرَفَى وَأَسْتَعِينُ اللَّهَ فِي أَلْفِيَّةِ مَقَاصِدُ النَّحْوِ بِهَا مَحْوِيَّةِ تُقَرِّبُ الْأَقْصَى بِلَفْظٍ مُوجَزٍ وَتَبْسُطُ الْبَدْلَ بِوَعْدٍ مُنْجَزٍ وَتَقْتَضِي رِضًا بِغَيْرِ سُخْطٍ فَائِقَةً أَلْفِيَّةً بِنْ مُعْطِي إِلَى إِلَى آخِرِ مَا قَالَ It's a thousand lines. It's in Arabic grammar. That's the book that the scholars memorize. You don't say there's another grammar book which is called Al-Fiyatul Athari. What is it called? Have you heard of it before? Anybody heard of this one? But it's a grammar book and it's a thousand lines. Are you going to memorize it? No. Why? Because scholars don't memorize it. It's not being tried. It's not being tested. Do what's been tested before you and the scholars succeeded in it. Don't pave a new path. Are we all together about this? That's the first thing you need to memorize. Memorize the books that were memorized by scholars. Are we all together, brothers? Second thing, one is, second quality of what you're going to memorize. 
is by the best publication by the best publication of that book don't just snatch a book from a shelf and say I'm going to memorize this book by the best publication because some publications they have so many mistakes in there what do they have? they got sakatat they got tasrifat in there tahrif in there distortion words are missing letters are missing harakat are wrong so when you are memorizing it take it to the sheikh that you're studying from and he will tell you this copy is good memorize it you don't want to spend your time memorizing a book and then when you finish memorizing guess what it's got so many mistakes I see people memorizing nawaqib al-usul books like that and guess what at the end of it so many mistakes in that copy that you used so what have you left with mistakes in your head huh? those are the two qualities that you need to look at number one this book has been studied and it's been, this book has been memorized by scholars. And the second one is, it's the best publication. Are we all together, brothers? That's very vital that you take that into consideration. Also, you take it to a teacher to explain it for you. Before I move, move, move on to the next point, the memorization as a child and when you're old okay brothers pay attention to this if you are below the age of 12 if you're below 12 do not think about understanding what you're memorizing just memorize 12 and below you memorize the child is made to just memorize he wouldn't understand. He finishes the Quran. Once he finishes the Quran, he starts the hadith. He memorizes Arba'in al Nawi, Umdatul Ahkam, Bulugul Maram, Riyadul Salihin. He memorizes it. Then he's told to memorize the Mutun. He memorizes Ajrumiya, Mutamimut Ajrumiya, Qatrul Nada, Lamiyatul Afal, Azizul Malik. He goes like that. He memorizes it. A program is given to him. When the child reaches 12 onwards, the parent sits the child down and says, do you know what you memorized? No, let me explain it to you. And this is where it starts for the child to understand what is memorized. You memorize the book of Allah. Do you know what Allah said here? And the parent goes over the Quran and the ahadith and the sciences that he memorized. The parent goes through it with his child. Does that make sense? What about if you're past 12? Are we all together brothers? If you are between the age of 12 and 30 combine between memorization and understanding. With 12 to the age of 30 combine between حفظ and fam simultaneously because you've passed that age of just memorizing. Are we all together? What do you do? You combine between what? Hivd and what? Faham. Memorization and what? And understanding what you're memorizing. And if you're over 30 years of age, then which, if you're able to do what the people who are doing it from 12 to 30 can, if you have the ability, the quwa, and you've got the brain for it, then combine between, of course, memorization and what? But if you can't, then give importance to understanding. 
That's what matters for you now. What matters is what? You understand? Not necessarily memorize. Are we all together? So the person's life is like that. As for a child, hefd. He doesn't know what he's memorizing, so he takes it all in. But any person who's older than 12, until the age of 30, you have to combine between the two. You have to understand, you have to memorize. Understand and memorize. That's why the Sahabas, they said that we would take verses from the Prophet and we would what? We'd memorize it and we would what? Implement it. So you do that. You memorize it and you implement it. Anyone who's beyond and above 30, because the obligation is too much and the responsibilities are high, then that person can focus on understanding, giving a lot of importance to understanding. And they could put aside if they wish, hifd, that is based upon if they don't have the ability to memorize. There's no point them forcing themselves to memorize when they're not understanding what is obligatory on them to understand. Is that, understood? is that understood? This is the tariqatil mutla, the correct way of seeking knowledge. Hifdun wa fahmun. Hifd, which is to memorize, and al faham, which is to understand. And the teacher that you're going to take it to, and that you're going to take your knowledge from, is a person who has how many qualities, brothers? Number one, is that he's a person who's what? He has knowledge. How do we determine he has knowledge? And what gives us the understanding that this individual has knowledge is because he took it from knowledge, people of knowledge. He took it from people of knowledge. Who took it from people of knowledge? Hakada, Tasalsul. But the Prophet said in the hadith in Sunnah Abi Dawood, the Prophet he said, Tasma'una wa yusma'u minkum wa yusma'u mimman sami'a minkum. You guys would hear what I have to say and there are going to come a generation who are going to hear what you said. And there's going to come a generation who are going to hear from those who heard from you. Are we all together? Meaning, you heard from me and then somebody's going to hear from you and then somebody's going to hear from them and hakada. Walidhalika, the knowledge is bitalaqi, it's taking it from the people of knowledge. The second characteristic that the teacher has is what? Is a sincere individual. He's sincere. For this individual he's teaching. That he's happy if you pass him. He has no other motives in why he's teaching you. Lillahi Azza wa It's not money. It's not like he's looking at his time and he says, Oh, the class is finished. <laughs> I have to go now. And he's... This is one of the things that humiliate knowledge. When it becomes... For dunya reasons. And agharab dunyawi. It humiliates knowledge and it puts it down. The knowledge before was what? Lillah. A person would teach another person the book of Allah, who teach him the Quran, and he had no other motive except for the face of Allah. And because of this, Allah raised them, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he raised them. I will stop there, inshallah ta'ala. Does anyone have any questions regarding what I said, inshallah ta'ala? Does anyone here think that what I said today helped them a lot? Do you think it helped a lot? Did it give you some understanding? We haven't finished yet. This is just five points. 
We've got 15 points to go. Inshallah ta'ala, next week we'll take another five, and then another five, and then another five, we'll finish, inshallah. Any questions? The hadith of Prophet where he said, Ihras ala ma yanfa'uk, strive for that which will benefit you. Wasta'in billahi, ask Allah for help, wala ta'adad, and don't give up. The Prophet he said it in that hadith. Abu Huraira narrated in the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Now, any other question? Imam al-Shafi'i. Imam al-Shafi'i. Any other question? In Arabic. فَالْتَقْصِدُوا أَرْبَعَةً قَبْلَ ابْتِدَاءً تَعَلَّمْ لِكَيْ تَفُوزَ بِالْهُدَى أَوَّلُهَا الْخُرُوجُ مِنْ ضَلَالِهِ خُرُوجُ مِنْ ضَلَالِهِ وَالثَّانِي نَفْعُ خَلْقِ ذِي الْجَلَالِ وَالثَّالِثُ الْإِحْيَاءِ لِلْعُلُومِ وَالثَّالِثُ الْإِحْيَاءِ لِلْعُلُومِ وَالْرَابِعُ الْعَامَلِ لِلْمَعْلُومِ Some copies they say لِلْمَعْلُومِ and some say بِالْمَعْلُومِ I've seen both but I can best say لِلْمَعْلُومِ تفضل نعم لا شكل لا شكل تفضل Fourth one. Which one? So the first one was al-jahlu bi-tariqi, ignorance of the path, wa-afatiha and its obstacles, and the third one is wa-maqasidiha and its objectives. That was three only. Did I, no, it's only three, right? Ibn Qayyim mentioned three, right? لذلك ابن القيم after he mentioned those three look what he said يوجب التعب الكثير مع الفائدة القليلة if you if you don't have those three where you don't know the path you don't know the obstacles and you don't know the objectives you will get tired and you will leave with little benefit you get tired and this is why many people are saying I can't seek knowledge I, I'm seeking knowledge but I'm not getting nowhere صح yeah brothers and it's very important to know the path to know the path is very important and who can tell you the path? A person who took the path, right? If somebody says to you, brother, this road is closed, but there's another road that's open now. And are you going to say, no, no, I have to see it for myself? And when I get there, if it's closed, Allah, are you going to say that? That will save you time. That you don't need to take that path. You just take the path that he told you. Because he's the one who took 
an hour going there and he realized the road was closed. He saved you an hour. That's why Imam Zabidi in his Alfiya Famaha wal Gayati fi Alfi Sanash Sana Shahsun Fahud Mikulli Fanin uh Famaha wal Gayatu fi Alfi Sana. Shahsun Fahud Mikulli Fanin Ahsana Bihivdi Matinin Jami Ali Rajiri Tahuduhu ala Mufidin Nasih. Mufid meaning he's a beneficial person, meaning he's got ahliyat fi ilm. And the second one is he's nasih sincere. So the person that you're asking the advice for, the teacher, he will tell you, I'll tell you a shortcut. Shortcut. And you'll get somewhere with it. One of the things that people used to, when I was young, I'm still young, but when I was much younger, I remember a group of people said to me, don't memorize. Why do you need to memorize? Yeah. They said these books are copied, they're printed. What's the reason? You could just buy the book and you have it. Why are you going to waste your time memorizing it? And for a time, for a period of time, okay, I thought, yeah, you got, you got a point. It's true, it's printed. Back at those days when they were memorizing, it wasn't printed. Maybe this time, you see how this person is not Nasir, right? I took the advice from the wrong person. So five years might go by and then you... you you wasted five years because somebody gave you the wrong information. Are we all together, brothers? No. There's no shortcut. You have to memorize. his teacher, what did he say? He said, Knowledge is what's in the chest, not what's in papers. They used to say that knowledge is when you go to the toilet, whatever you take with the, to, whatever you take to the toilet with you, that's knowledge. Somebody asks you a issue, and they say to you, "What's the ruling on this issue?" And you go, "Well, I, I wish I was in my library. I would have given you a good answer." Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Oh, I don't have my books, man. Subhanallah. Or you're going to say, "Masala." Qala Allah Taala. Qala Rasulullah. It has you own what you have on you that minute. Yeah? That's what it is. Not what you um uh what, what's written in books. That's the knowledge of other people. You have to memorize. Walidalika what did in in the uh 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 inheritance what did he say? He said, "Al-Thulutani huma tamamu, fahfad, fakulu hafid al-Imamu, fahfad, memorize, fakulu hafid al-Imamu, memorize. Everybody who memorizes is a scholar. Don't belittle the concept of memorization, but it's hard. It's not easy. What's more harder is to keep what you memorize. Sah? Are we all together, brothers? What do you say? Man arad al-ilma falyuthawwir al-Qur'an. Man arad al-ilma falyuthawwir al-Qur'an. Fa'inna fihi ilmu al-awwalina wal-akhirin. He said that, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. 
We'll stop there inshallah ta'ala. Next week we will do the other five. And I hope bi kareem with these 20 points you'll be able to gain knowledge and you'll know what's happening now. How to seek knowledge. And after that inshallah ta'ala September time there's going to be a course that we'll put together inshallah ta'ala which we'll hear about that will be an introduction to all sciences that you're going to study inshallah ta'ala. But for now, we just want you to understand how to seek knowledge. Some brothers, I can see you guys are not taking notes from the 20 points that inshallah ta'ala we're going to discuss. How important it is that you take notes. And you do not, ex if you do rely on the recording, if you rely on recording, then are you really seeking knowledge? Don't rely on that. Rely on what's being said this minute. Note it down, write it. Now that you've written all of this, are you going to go home and just put it on the shelf? Is that really seeking knowledge? Or are you going to go over your notes and organize it? Because that same question are you going to ask again? How to seek knowledge? Huh? Brothers, what I want you to understand, seeking knowledge, the easiest part is to come to a classroom. That's the easiest part. The real part is when you go home, what do you do? They used to say, if a teacher teaches you for two hours, you have to do four hours at home. If he teaches you for four hours, you need to do eight hours at home. Double of what he's teaching you. So when you go home, brothers, take your notes, memorize the points that were mentioned, the hadith, the ayat, try to understand it. If you're not going to memorize it, at least try to understand it. Very vital, inshallah. If I said anything wrong or incorrect, it's from me, shaitan, and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, ilaha illallah, astaghfiruk wa